athletes and coaches. Do you wish you had a safe social media platform for your youth athletes? Fortunately for you, there's a revolutionary new app that helps with just that. Introducing Small Player Big Play. Small Player Big Play app provides young athletes, parents, and coaches a user-friendly sports social media platform. The app allows users to connect with friends, make new friends, create groups, text, chat, and post pictures and videos of you and your teammates participating in your favorite sport or activity. To begin, users can simply download and sign up for the app using an email account. Younger users have the ability to sign up using their smartphone and a parent's email address. From there, users can begin to interact and engage with other users of the app. Small Player Big Play app also gives users the ability to live stream full games and events. You can live stream your event so that friends, family, or anyone in the world can see you in action. Users can also share posts from the app to their other social media accounts like Facebook and Twitter. What are you waiting for? Get in the game and share your love of sports with the world. Download the Small Player Big Play app today. Listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I have one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting across from me is my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, great to be here again. And we, we talked about it. It's, it's a lot more fun to be here after the wins. Um, so we'll, we'll take it, right? As many of as many of those shows as we can have, we, we will always sign up for that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Talking after a win is uh, immensely better than talking after a loss. And uh, we're now two in a row. Yeah. Wilson getting the victory over Penn Manor this past Friday, just a couple nights ago. Um, and we're going to talk about that game and preview the next game and uh, get things rolling here. And believe it or not, as we approach um, you know, this game four, we're actually halfway through here. Yeah. By the middle of the week, we are halfway through the regular season, which is crazy to think about it because it feels like it just started. But... Three weeks. Both, late. <laughs> both are true. Yes. Um, so we're going to have a, a good time and, uh, you know, talk about a win. Like you said, it's uh, it's good. Yeah. Always yeah. good. It was also senior night Friday. Yes. So they, uh, the school did a great job of uh, recognizing everyone. They did the uh, football and football related uh, students prior to the game early, but it was broadcast by Wilson Media Productions. Honored the players, the athletic trainers, and the managers who were all uh, part of the class of 2021. Then at halftime, they recognized the cheerleaders and the the band members, which was great. Um, everyone, uh, you know, the parents and family were able to be there, uh, do something that you generally do a few weeks later, <laughs> closer to the end of the season. But it it's just uh, you know kind of. A blessing and be grateful for if you get it at all so right. a lot of these schools I, have I decided think it's, to do it early it's kind of i i feel like having it early especially right now um kind of fits the the idea of trying to make sure that 
we're we're grateful and going to take advantage of of what we've got right now. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, good stuff for that event. Uh, I did think it was kind of funny that uh, that that Wilson got penalized as we uh, started the uh, the second half, and uh, it went over a few seconds, uh, you know, a few, few minutes, I should say. Of the allotted time and uh, I know by rule if you're not ready to roll by the time the halftime clock says it's time to go the home team gets penalized which did happen but um, I don't know I kind of thought that was a little petty a little unnecessary at this time of what people are trying to do trying to make sure the students have somewhat of a normal school year and their activities are not hindered it just kind of felt a little unnecessary uh, I do not know if that was something that the Penn Manor coaches pointed out or if the refs just decided. Uh, we, we did not conduct our interviews because we're trying to, you know, play it safe, maintain social distancing, not have to worry about masks because it's very difficult to talk with these on into a microphone as we're doing here now, but to do it on the field after the game, trying to yell, just not cutting it. So we didn't get to ask Doug about that or anything related to any of the games so far, but I don't know. Did you hear or see anything about that? I didn't hear or see anything, but I, I do know that it was, um, like you said, it did run a few minutes late, but it is interesting because, like we just mentioned, with the whole idea of having senior night early, there's so much focus on what's best for the kids right now. Um, and it's all about the kids and getting them that experience and then, like, to be penalized in that moment just kind of seemed to be against what everyone's for. Look, I, I know what the letter of the rules say, and that's the rule to the letter, you know, to the T like, okay, whatever. Um, and thankfully it, it didn't really change. No, it didn't really but, matter, but, but yeah, like, it's kind of like, okay, that's, that's what we're going to do here, but all right, whatever, you know, that's, that's yeah, the way it goes. I don't like it to get caught up on the principle of the thing, but, uh, I, I don't know. It was just weird to me. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, I'm going to pull some things up. Can you play with that? To get the, there we go. Excellent. All right. We got rid of that little fuzz that was happening with uh, Justin's mic. Just these things are, are very uh, finicky. If they get touched the wrong way, they just start to make random noises. So <laughs> I'm glad that's over with. Hopefully that wasn't too annoying for everyone. Uh, but yeah, so the Pet Matter game was, I think, a little bit like what we expected. Uh, I definitely thought Wilson would win, should win, and they did, 35-8. to eight. The first team only played into the very early third quarter. I believe they were out by probably about the eight-minute mark, maybe even sooner. At least the majority of them. Some some lingered, but they gave way to backups and, and JV uh, for most of the second half. And once they went up 35-0 and that running clock started, they had seen enough. They didn't need to um, play any more of the uh, the seniors and the starters. Seemed to be a bit unnecessary. And really, uh, the backups and the JV did a great job holding Penn Manor um, off the scoreboard until the very end. I think they scored with about a minute 20 to play. Yeah. So uh, it was a good showing all around. A little sluggish at the beginning. It was only 7 nothing at the end of the first quarter. Right. Penn Manor was, was feisty and, and punching them a little bit, um, not backing down which you like to see. You don't want to see anyone just roll over and go through the motions. We have seen that in years past with some teams that come, especially coming to Gursky that are just have no interest in playing that game because they don't expect to win. 
They're just going through the motions. Right. That was not Penn Manor. No, um, no, they, not at all. They were ready to go. Their sideline was excited. Their players were excited. And they were weathering the storm through the first quarter and into the second. And then about halfway through the second quarter is when the floodgates kind right. of broke open. Well, and then it was still only 14 nothing with a few minutes left in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. And then Wilson scored twice in the last... Two and a half minutes or three two times or so? in the final six minutes and then twice in the final like three minutes or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. So because I think Wilson got the ball with like maybe two and a half minutes left. And then they also got the ball back with like 33 seconds left and they scored touchdowns on both of those. Right. Like to balloon it up from 14 to 28. 28 yeah. Like talk about a huge difference. Oh, and you're getting the ball to start the second half. So exactly. that was. That was awesome to see. And I know, like, things got rolling, and it's one thing to do it, you know, when everything's going your way. But, like, that's that's a great uh, step to see is that that late uh, half offense running running smoothly. Unfortunately, we did uh, get a little bit nicked up. Uh, starting yeah. running back Jaden Jones um, left the game, I think, midway through the second or right. early in the second quarter. Um, don't have an injury update on that. That's not something that we deal with, but just wanted to point it out that, uh, he did not play, um, most of the game, uh, but it was okay because Caleb Brown was back at quarterback. He picked up the slack in the rushing game. Uh, and that's not to diminish the contributions of junior running back Gavin Leonard, who had another touchdown run himself. Mm -hmm. Uh, so backfield looking good still without his brother though. Mason did not play, did not dress, uh, and also without, uh, wide receiver and defensive back Troy Corson, who did dress but did not play. Correct. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens this week as the Bulldogs will travel to McCaskey this Friday, October 9th. And uh, we'll see who they have available and who plays for that game. Um, we're not quite at the preview for that, so that's all we're going to say mm-hmm. for the moment. Yeah. Um, but before we dive into the highlights and stats from the game against the Comets, let's... Uh, do a little bit of our announcements and, and house clean and the stuff we like to do here. Recognize the fine folks that help us make sure this show goes on. And that would be my dad at May's Sandwich Shop and Small Player Big Play. The local app for uh, youth sports. A lot of uh, high schools in Burks County and the surrounding area have been using Small Player Big Play to broadcast not just their football games, but a variety of other fall athletic competitions it is a free app with the ability to purchase um, items in app to make the experience better but i definitely recommend everyone check it out again it is free to download on both google and apple devices and um, you can uh, check out some uh, local high school athletic competitions right inside the app itself we also want to thank our two anonymous donors who stepped up again this year to support the show Definitely appreciate them. And in addition to those donations, sponsorship, and advertising opportunities, we hope you will visit the website, bulldoghour.com. I've been posting information there as I get it from the school district and the athletic department relating to game streams. There will be a live stream of the game this week at McCaskey, so we've been told. There is a link that I will be getting out this week. It will be the first time it's not through YouTube, which may be upsetting to you. But again, this has nothing to do with Wilson uh-huh. and everything to do uh, with Lancaster McCaskey, with, with uh, J.P. McCaskey High School. They have a broadcast platform, which is run through like Microsoft and IBM, I believe. Uh, I do not know if you're able to pull it onto your 
televisions. This may be a computer-only thing. Um, haven't dove into the uh, details of it yet. Hopefully, we'll clear that up as this week goes on. But again, the game will be streamed. You will be able to watch it. It may only be on your phone or your computer and not on your television. Hopefully, we can figure that out this week. Um, but make sure you uh, follow all of our accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And anything we post, um, like and share. That's a great way to spread the word. Absolutely. Like and share. Um, you know, going... Like you said, this is the second time uh, Wilson will be going on the road. Um, you know, I I know the Township stream was through YouTube, it, which is you can watch it th literally the same way that you watch the Wilson one. It's just a different YouTube channel. This one will be a little bit different. But uh, like you said, you'll be sending out the link. I think you can find it through the athletic department stuff and any updates to that, you know, you, I'm sure you will be on top of and, yeah, and get that I, info out this week. As soon as I get final confirmation and information or do a little digging myself, I will post that information on the Wilson football pages on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as well on the Bulldog Hour pages and the website as well, bulldoghour.com, which is a great place to get information about the show, the program, all the craziness happening with the uh, COVID situations and the restrictions going on. And, uh, yeah, bulldoghour.com. Make sure you're checking that out often. We will be back next Sunday, October 11th, for a look at the game that we just kind of were talking about, Wilson at McCaskey. This Friday the 9th, we'll recap it on Sunday the 11th, same time and place, and uh, we hope you'll join us then. So, looking at the schedule, you know, like we said, we're technically sort of halfway through or about to be halfway through. Yeah, probably like Tuesday night. Well, Wednesday, I mean, Wednesday morning. <laughs> and depending on how you look at it, we're only guaranteed really six games right. because that seventh game is up in the air. So really, the six games we know are happening, we're halfway. Yeah. Um, we have the game one loss to Mifflin, but then the game two and game three wins at Manheim Township and then versus Penn Manor. Now we go at McCaskey this week, then host Cedarcrest and Hempfield in back-to-back -back weeks. Win out, Wilson wins the Section 1 championship outright. No ties, no shares, and it'll be the first time that's happened since 2016. So they got to take care of things on the road, on a grass field in Lancaster this Friday night before returning to Gursky for the final two games against Cedarcrest and Hempfield. And like I said, you win these next three weeks, you win the Section Championship, and based on my calculations, you would secure a spot in the four-team District 36A playoff field. Of course, there's a lot of guessing going into that because I don't know how all the games are going to play out. What I do you can mean? do my best. Um, but I think should Wilson win out, finish 5-1, and one, Section 1 champs of the Lancaster Lebanon League, they will be uh, in the four-team field. And uh, depending on what Isn't happens with Central Dolphin, Central York, and York William Penn, um, they, they, um, they, they will have some stiff competition. All three of them may be undefeated. It's a bit of a flashback, all the craziness aside to <laughs> back when we uh, were in school, yeah. how there were four teams that made it. And it wasn't six division. There were four. Yeah. So at four, a you, you didn't have 16 teams roughly vying for, if you lost eight games, spots. you were on the bubble. Yeah. And if you were a smaller school, like if you were in the wrong section of your league, you could be undefeated and hoping to get in, you know, like not the one seed, you know, like there. Yeah. It, those old 4A playoffs of four teams. Whew. Yeah, it was it was brutal. Brutal. Yeah, w my sophomore year in the fall of 2000, we lost in week 
was it four? I think. Um, I think it was actually our first league game uh, at Cedar Crest, the Jaron Hayes and Brandon Kirsch team. And, you know, oh, well, we might not be making the playoffs now. Right. We won out nine to one, did make the playoffs, thankfully. But, you know, you lose one game and you're thinking, well, we might not be making the playoffs. And that was the case this year, too. So that's why the the first game was uh, there's a double impact there, losing to your rival, but also losing in a shortened season that you might not make the playoffs. Really, that game last or now a little over a week ago at Manheim Township was a season saver. You might not have known it at the time, right? And you, you have to think you ha- about and it, and you have but... to have work to do to finish it out. Like yeah. it means that week two game means more each week. Yes, each week you continue to do your job and get the job done. That week two game means more, and um, hopefully they can uh, fight through uh, the adversity in the next two weeks. Yeah. Uh, and then that game against Hempfield, who, hey, who knows what Hempfield and Manheim Township do. I think they might play, do they play this week or the next week? I'm not I, sure. I don't know. Especially, though, if Hempfield beats Manheim Township, that sets up game six as yeah, the section championship game. Right. So both teams would be undefeated going into that game, should right. Hempfield beat Manheim Township whenever they play this week or next. So take care of your business. You got, you know, one of your big goals, you know, one of them, you want to beat Mifflin. You want to win your section and make the playoffs and then and, and get to the districts. Those are the big ones. And you control your destiny for that second one. Yep. That's in that's in your control. So, um, they, and they got off on the right foot, beating Township and Penn Manor. Yeah. So, all right, let's take a look at the, uh, the game recap. About two minutes long here, courtesy of Huddle. And um, we'll talk about it as it goes, or I'll talk about it. And Justin will chip in. As he uh, as he sees fit. So, all right. So, October second, Wilson Penn Manor. Uh, it was a, a nice uh, nice night for football. That was for it sure was beautiful. Um, like we said, it was a little bit. Uh, it was a tough tough going early. There was a, a strong showing from the Comets. Uh, they were driving, and then a nice big hit on the sideline caused a fumble. Wilson recovered, and. Um, Later on that series, Wilson would eventually get in the end zone. Here was a nice pass from Caleb Brown to junior wide receiver, excuse me, Drake. And uh, they, um, well, maybe they didn't score on that series. I'm confused. They will eventually score. We will see that. Here it is. Um, Oh, no, they didn't show it. Why would you not pick out a touchdown in the highlight? So what you didn't see is the touchdown from Jaden Jones uh, in the first quarter. That put Wilson up 7-0. Then... Later in the second quarter, here you're going to see the 39-yard touchdown run from Caleb Brown. He looked great, very agile and elusive on that one. Uh, a lot of fun. That put Wilson up 14 to nothing mid through midway through the second. And then here, right now, you're seeing Gavin Leonard's touchdown run. Another big one too for 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 the bruising running back. Uh, he took that one from 30 or 40 yards out, uh, which is great to see. That put Wilson up 21 nothing. And uh, here once again. You're seeing towards the end of the second quarter, uh, Caleb Brown scramble, getting them deep inside Penn Manor territory, and Wilson would eventually score to go up 28 to nothing at the half. Then to start uh, quarter three, Wilson received the kickoff, uh, went down the field on a bit of a deflected pass that ended up in the hands of Adrian Santana, who uh, rumbled for a while, uh, and Wilson would eventually score on a Caleb Brown to Sean Dendel touchdown reception, yeah. uh, 35 nothing. JV's. Uh, backups and JVs get some time and um, 
know, that's how it ended. So a, a good all-around showing for Wilson. Again, started a little slow, but yeah, recovered, but kept fighting. I, I know on last week's show we kind of referenced last year's game against Penn Manor. Um, and while this week you could also say was a slow start, it wasn't of the magnitude of the slow start last year at Penn Manor. Um, there were some things where we were a little sloppier, I thought, this week than we were the week before. Um, you know, some pre-snap penalties, things like that, which hadn't really been an issue in either of the previous two games. So, you know, I, I don't really know what was going on there. It wasn't like it was out of control, you know, but just like a few of them, those are things you hope to sure up. But they got it under control. There was nothing, you know, major. Um, I, I thought the defense played, and that was one of the keys. Like the defense was playing well. Um, so like, if it takes the offense a little bit of time to get clicking, then that's, that that's what you have. You have the ability to do that. If the, um, if the defense is on top of their game and they, they, they were pretty much ready to go. So that, right. that was a big help. And then the offense gets rolling in the second, well, end of, well, I guess in the first quarter, but in that second quarter, they really start clicking and right. started scoring on back-to-back drives and everything like that's that's when things start to get uh going in in your favor pretty quickly and it it was fun to see it was fun to see guys step up because while caleb was back this week which was great i know gannon got some time at safety this week um being able to see like guys so Jaden got some carries early on like you said he got the touchdown but then gavin leonard stepping up again um and getting some carries um I think when I looked at the stats on Friday night, I think there were six different guys received a pass. Now that might include Adrian. I'm sure it does include Adrian, you know, catching a deflection. Like, but um, yeah, you know, right. dis- six. distributing yep. distributing the ball around. Um, Sean Dendel coming up with some nice catches. Like yep. he had some before. He had at least one. I, I know I, the one sticks out because we talked about it when he yeah. caught it, and it was cool to see. Him and Jack, like Jack was really excited for him. Um, but then he got the touchdown later on and yeah, well, it was crazy. Was like, funny. Yeah, because right. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's Sean's first varsity touchdown. I and, think you're correct. Yeah. And well, that the early one may have been his first varsity catch. Right. Like, I, I don't know, but like, you know, I, I, if I believe it's guess. his first this year, not, yeah, not but I'm, I'm not to, exactly yeah. sure time last year right. at the end of at the end of games but yes well was, you do know a lot about wilson football it's not quite that <laughs> yeah much, not so. quite um that um i don't have that much knowledge i, right. I can't remember all those things but but seeing guys like that step up and being excited for them that that was yeah. really cool yeah it was cool to see the, the dendel brothers celebrate um the first reception and then the touchdown the, the celebration on the touchdown kind of got muted though because yes. <laughs> sean's helmet got lodged in with the Penn Manor defender's helmet, they right. got locked. Right. They couldn't get up. They couldn't get them separated. So Sean actually, I think, took his helmet off. Right. I saw. Uh, and then the Penn Manor took his helmet off, and then they started like banging him <laughs> on the turf to get him to disconnect, uh, which immediately made me think about going back to 2000 again. Uh, practice, um, you know, one offensive practice, uh, offensive line stuff. So I'm with Coach Brubaker and Coach Stopai, and. The player, you know, players are very concerned about the way they look with the uniforms and the helmets and the style and everything. And Coach Stoppi was a big proponent of the the single bar, right? Right. And we didn't like that. Uh, we wanted them open or maybe with the loop. Right. And Mike Nelson had, I think, changed or requested to have the loop. And during practice this one day, 
someone else's helmet got lodged together. And I remember Coach stopped by holding up the two helmets and yelling at Mike Nelson, look what happens when you don't have the single bar. Uh, as, as soon as I saw that Friday night, that's immediately what I thought about was uh, – yeah, Coach stopped by telling Mike well, Nelson like, he needs the single From bar. my vantage point, I couldn't tell what happened. It didn't look like an injury because, like, no trainers were running out onto the field. But, like, the pile-ish was still kind of there. And, like, everybody was just kind of standing around. Like, I, I had no idea what was going on. And then I saw when they broke the helmets apart, I could tell what happened. But, yeah. that, that But it was a great job. Um, lots of guys stepping up. Um, I think Jabari had a couple of catches. Uh, yeah. It, it was... Yeah, it, it was nice to see. It was nice to see the distribution. Yeah, it was. It was. It was great. Like you said, six different receivers, and that's with um, that's with Troy not even there. So right. you, I mean, with him out, you have six people stepping up. Uh, and right, and and if Mason is there, you know, Mason is certainly a threat out of the backfield to catch a pass. You know, like so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that. That's really good to have that distribution. Um, Corey Powers has really stepped up at tight end, which is nice to see. And at linebacker. Yes. Yeah. This is the start of one of the seniors stepping up that you need every year. And it's a Wilson staple. It's a tradition. We talk about it every year. We ask the question, usually to the coaches, issue we only got to ask the players, who is, you know, a senior that's going to step in and fill a role and be a big time guy. Right now, Corey Powers is one of those guys. Yeah, absolutely. So great, great for him. Uh, He was a captain this week. Uh, They only have one captain. Um, per per team for each game this season and uh, Corey had his night at Penn Manor which was great um, so talking about statistics from the Bulldogs win over the Comets first downs Wilson doubled up Penn Manor 20 to 10 most of them coming on the ground in the rushing game with 13 uh, 254 net yards rushing another good showing from the Bulldogs on the ground which will make uh, the uh, the old timers happy yeah, ground and pound. Yeah, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust. Not exactly that way with the way the offensive mm-hmm. runs nowadays. But anytime you can go over two hundred hey, yards rushing, back to back weeks, back to back weeks. Yep. Um, so they rushed the ball thirty eight times, gained about six point seven yards per rush. So, but but think about that: over two hundred yards rushing and six people caught the ball. Yeah, like that's a that is a balanced offensive attack. Like and to get Caleb back there, you know, back in the swing of things that. It's kind of what you would want to see because he had he did a he had a great night on the ground running and he was also able to distribute the ball and we're going to need both those things moving forward. Uh, Wilson passed for 134 yards, meaning their total offense was at 388, which uh, doubled up Penn Manor, who finished with 191. Hmm. Uh, so good good sign there. Um, no fumbles from the Bulldogs did have the one interception. Like you already mentioned though, a lot of penalties, uh, Wilson was penalized eight times for 62 yards, uh, but only had to punt twice. We saw Caleb punt and Jack Wagner who had a really good punt, punt, uh, in the game this week. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the team did what they needed to do. Um, they controlled time of possession, uh, when it mattered in those first three quarters and, uh, they were good on third down. That's one thing that they struggled a bit at Manhattan Township last week, but this week, ten of fifteen on yeah. third down. One is about, and which is kind of now. I don't know exactly where all the penalties came. You know, like, but that's something that you can sometimes see when there's lots of penalties. You sometimes end up in the longer third downs, and then you have lower conversion rates. Like that, that can be an issue. But keeping it third and manageable, 
being able to run the ball successfully on first or second down to, to keep that yardage like reasonable is really, really a big thing. Um, yeah, I, I really liked how just like little things, um, I know, and I don't know how, if there were any changes, but I know Adrian Santana, I think was tied for the lead in tackles. Um, but I know you're, you'll go through the stats then, but, um, like I felt like there were a couple, I want to say big plays. Cause like Wilson was in control, but like at a couple times where you're like, we need, all right, they, they got something here. Let's stop them. Like he had a couple big tackles at big times. Um, at least in terms of like hearing his name, little things though, like, um, Tenga, I felt like he's, he looks a lot more comfortable catching the punt, mm-hmm. uh, on punt returns. Like the first week now, again, first week he's thrown out there in the middle of the game because mm-hmm. some people, you know, because of injuries. Stuff. So like, that's completely understandable, but like, you know, he's coming up to try and field the ball. Um, he looked good on defense. He read a screen very well, very well. Yep. Yeah. He had the hit stick. That would have been a jacked up segment if they ever did that anymore. Yeah. Um, Um, yeah, he laid, he laid a, uh, he laid a big hit on the Penn Manor receiver. Yeah. Um, but just like seeing some of those young guys come becoming more comfortable is, is huge. And it's not to say that they're there yet, but, you know, we've point we've looked at it a couple times the last few weeks. Like there, there are certainly like we mentioned already on the show. There are definitely seniors who are stepping up and getting it done, and we have seniors that are going to work their way back as they get healthy. Right. That's awesome. But there's also underclassmen that are working their way in and and becoming more comfortable, making the most of the experience, and that just adds depth. Hopefully, as the season goes on, if you can get some of those you know upperclassmen back. That just adds depth that you have, and that's that's a good thing in the big picture. Obviously, short term when you're kind of scrambling and having to put guys in new positions and all things, that, that can be rough. But if you can weather that storm, you can try to make a positive out of I it. I think uh, we're going to do defense statistics here first because we always start with offense, so let's throw the defense a little bit of love. Right. I think five of the six leading tacklers from the week are all underclassmen. Um, now there weren't a ton of tackles to go around. Uh, there were a lot of incomplete passes or, or yeah. plays go out of bounds. So nothing overwhelming. You were correct. Adrian was tied for the league, uh, on the team for tackles. He finished with three and a half with, um, junior John Tomeo from, uh, his defensive back position and special teams play. They both had three and a half, three solo and an assist. Uh, Fernandez also three tackles for him as well. And he could see an increased role, um, with injuries in the secondary. Uh, Eric Jackson, once again, playing a cornerback, he chipped in two, um, as did, uh, Josh Drake. He actually had two and a half, uh, and forced one of the fumbles. Uh, so great game from Josh Drake as well. You just mentioned Spencer Tanga had that one big hit. Um, he had two tackles, and then Ethan Capitano with two, and one of them for loss. Uh, not a lot of big plays in in the backfield. No, no sacks, no. Uh, but a couple. But they good weren't tackles. There weren't. There wasn't a ton of throws downfield. Right. Um, you know, a lot it of was a lot of quick passes. Right. A lot. A lot of runs. Um, they didn't really set up for any uh, thing to try to air it out. Didn't have a lot of time to uh, another, get to the quarterback. Another big hit that sticks out, I believe it was Alex Ortiz on a kickoff it was, yeah. coverage. Um, yeah, he caught the kid square in the chest. <laughs> yeah, there were there were some there was some good tackling. But, good tackling. but I like to see the aggressiveness, the flying around. You know, like that's all good stuff. Yep, for sure. So offensively speaking. Uh, most of it revolves around the returning um, gunslinger quarterback, Caleb Brown. 
he had 10 rushes for 116, well, excuse me, 115 yards and two touchdowns um, with a long run of 39, which was one of the touchdowns. So averaged 11 and a half per carry, which is great to see. Uh, Jaden did have 11 carries for 50 yards and a score, but again, we mentioned he yeah. left the game early with a, with an injury. Uh, Gavin Leonard next up, eight carries for 54 yards and one touchdown, uh, 24 yards on that on that one. And it was nice to see um, later in the game in the third quarter, Jason Beckford come in under last minute. He looked nice. Six yeah. carries for 33 yards. Uh, he, he looked very solid. Yeah. Um, so if, if, I don't know, if Jaden doesn't play this week, if Mason's still out, you could see Gavin Leonard and Jason Beckford getting right. carries in the backfield, and that doesn't strike fear in me. So that's that's well, a good well, thing. Right. It's important to get those carries in because, like you said, not knowing what the availability will be for some guys moving forward, to get guys' experience, you know. Yeah, I mean, when you can re- rely on – Leonard, Leonard Jones, Beckford, and Brown well, with a quarterback, like that's a pretty and, talented and backfield. Like, when kind of like what I was referencing before with like the punt returns, being able to get guys' experience in the second half against Penn Manor when you're up big versus when Mifflin is coming at you till the end, like it's just a whole different level, you know, just you're, you know everybody's heads were spinning right Mm -hmm. Uh, on that first Friday night. Like everybody's heads were spinning by the end, kind of didn't know what hit them and it was out of control. Right. So it can be hard in the moment to learn from that. As you move on, as you look at the film, as you kind of go on, uh, hopefully you learn and you get better. And it appears as though that's the track we're, we're kind of taking, but like, you know, being able to get some of those successes under your belt, you know, go out there and, you know, make the big tackle or make the big hit or, you know, catch the pass or all those things just kind of like, so that starts to feel normal. That starts to feel like this is what I expect to do when I'm out there. You're not nervous about getting that first catch or that first tackle or getting hit for the first, all of that is gone now. And so that's why handling your business in this game and being able to get that experience in the second half for so many of those guys is so big. We've talked about that. How many times, like, you know, throughout the years, sometimes there's games and it's, you know, the end of the third quarter and we're like, these guys shouldn't have to still be in this game. Like, what are, what are we doing now? We've been also fortunate enough that we've covered probably more games where they have handled their business and we've been able to kind of get those guys in, but that that's a big part of it, especially in the shortened season where you don't know how many of those opportunities you're going to get. Right. So, um, continuing a look at the stats from the quarterback passing Caleb uh, through um, the majority of the attempts were done by Caleb Brown. He was 12 of 25, 134 yards passing with the one touchdown to Sean Dendel, who tied for the uh, receiving lead in receptions with three for 30 yards. Uh, Josh Drake actually had three for 38 yards, but Dendel got the touchdown. Uh, Jabbar Diaby had two for 24 yards. Corey Powers, two for seven. Adrian had that big uh, off the deflection, the reception for 31 yards, and then Andon DeJesus chipped in one for four. So there are your six receivers who caught a pass from um, Caleb on Friday night. Um, That pretty much covers it, though, in terms of uh, uh, main contributors to uh, the important part of the game um, when it was still uh, in doubt or trying to figure out how the game was going to go. And, uh, well, it's time to announce our player of the game. 
we uh I felt like this one was pretty straightforward. Um I think I think uh the return of your quarterback and then the way that he plays by and large was incredibly uh strong and powerful because he was able to do it with not just his arm but his legs as well. And um, you know, over two hundred and forty yards of offense, whatever I said it was, uh, and two rushing touchdowns as well as a passing score. Um, so Caleb Brown is our Bulldog Hour player of the game for the victory over Penn Manor. So it was great to see him back out there and uh, leading the team. And hopefully he can have a couple of his other teammates back this week as we head to McCaskey. Yeah, it was great to see him out there. It was it was fun to see him, you know, after kind of getting banged around week one uh, not being able to go in week two to get back out there. And then when he kind of scrambled out, I'm like, all right, let's see. Let's see what he's got. You know, I'm not literally saying it, but in my head, I'm thinking like, all right, what's he going to do here? And he turned on the jets and off he goes. And you're like, okay, I guess that uh, answers that, you know, so that that's fun to see. And it's good to see, Um, you know, good for him. It it looks like he, you know, he's kind of handling that and and being able to manage that and uh, getting back to, um, you know, the Caleb, we we know is uh, capable to go out there and, be a threat through the air or on the ground like right. that. Just not knowing, you know, cause you're not going to see that in warmups, you know? So when you see him kind of take off, you're like, okay. And then to see him hit and um, a number of those passes to those variety of receivers, you said were kind of like timing route things, you know, like maybe, you know, five and out or, or something. So right. like you're seeing like where the timing has to be there. And, you know, for a guy who was out the previous week, you never know what that's going to be like. So building that up is also huge. Absolutely. So uh, that is uh, our player of the game, and that will probably put a uh, feather in the cap of our recap of Wilson's victory over Penn Manor. So congratulations to Caleb, uh, the coaches, and the players for a great senior night victory. All right. So as we round up here in the final 20 minutes of our ninth episode of this sixth season of the Bulldog Hour. We're going to now take a look at Game 4 at in Lancaster at J.P. McCaskey this Friday night, October 9th. Again, the game will be streamed. We'll have more information about that for you later this week. Um, not a lot to say about McCaskey. Oh, oh, before we move on to McCaskey, this was Wilson's 30th straight win against Penn Manor. Uh, they're also yes. undefeated right, against Penn Manor. Right. They have never lost to the Comets 30 and oh, I know we've brought that up when when we discussed that game. That was a huge stat um, early, well, early to mid last decade. Yeah. Um, and the years of Charlie Bell. Charlie Bell. I, I know. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know uh, uh, Adam and I always talk about when we went up to a game and I think it was, it was Cody. Cody Booth, who I believe went to Temple and played like – just it was one of those where maybe sixteen out of twenty times they'd make an announcement, whether offense or defense. It's Cody Booth on the reception or Cody Booth with the tackle. You know, he was the Charlie Bell before the Charlie Bell there, and like it was just, yeah, man, those teams. Whew. Yeah, something uh, they just couldn't get over that Wilson, huh? right? And <laughs> like to look back, how it didn't happen. Well, like they Ooh. thought it was going to happen in 2012, cause, especially because it was at their place. We had to right. go to Millersville to play at Beamsdorfer Stadium, and Dominic Negrelli returned uh, interception you, for a fastest touchdown. Fastest I've ever seen him run. Helped uh, Wilson win 14 to seven in 2012. Right. We know how that season ended with a district championship. 
2013, though, they have basically everyone back, including yeah. Charlie Bell, and Wilson has very little back. Right. Now, thankfully, Matt Timochenko actually had his first start at at Penn Manor in 2012 and was back at quarterback in 2013. So you had a returning starter at quarterback, but had only played like five games as right. the starter. But not a lot was back for Wilson. Right. Uh, you had, you lost Junior Joseph and Matt Rothrock and there so many of that 2012 Jesse Poor and uh, Jimmy Brooks. Uh, you just there were so many uh, talented players that had, had had left, and that was one. I think that was the year that people predicted Wilson to go six and four, and and that, I think that really fired up that 2013 yeah. team because not only did they beat the Penn Manor team in the regular season in comeback fashion, they also shut them out in the playoffs. Right, then, both games at Gursky. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was a fun one. The, yeah, that was that was a that was a fun one for sure. Um, so McCaskey. They're on a 20-game losing streak. They were 0-10 last year in Sam London's first year as head coach. He's back this year. They started 0-3. They lost last week uh, to Hempfield. And they lost the final seven games of their 2018 season. So 0-20 over the last basically two years. So they're struggling. um, Not a lot going their way. Uh, I know they got blown out by – I can't remember what happened in week one with them, but I know they got blown out oh. by Cedar Crest and Hempfield back-to-back weeks. I hope they can get it together next week. Like, <laughs> not this week, <laughs> next week. They, um, they've they given up, I believe, over 40 points to their two section opponents in Cedar Crest and Hempfield and haven't scored, I think, more than a touchdown or so in each of them. They – are struggling to gain yardage on the ground. Last week, they got 45 yards on 36 carries, um, which is not going to get not done. great. Yeah, not great. Um, so it's what not even not even one and a half yards per carry, uh, just a little over um, one yard a carry. So um, not great. Now yeah, to go back uh, to your reference earlier, there's no three and a half in a cloud of dust. It's just a cloud of dust. Yeah. Um, now, uh, that's kind of thrown off because of the, the sacks to the quarterback yeah. because, right. um, according to Jeff Reinert here, uh, their running back, Shamir Covington, gained 67 yards on 12 carries, which right. is over five yards a carry, right. Right. which is pretty good yeah. uh, for, for a running back. Um, but, um, yeah, the rest of McCaskey's rushers were held to minus 22 yards on 24 carries. So if Covington wasn't getting it, McCaskey wasn't gaining yards, and they also were send- surrendering um, lost yardage to quarterback sacks. Um, Matthew Remash and Javon Parker were the quarterbacks. They are rotating quarterbacks as well, and they were 8 of 18 for 117 yards. However, mo- almost half, just about half of those yards came in the final seconds of the game when right. the Hempfield starters were no longer in. Mm. So not a very dynamic offense. We've seen this before, and right. I feel like every time Wilson goes there, they come out swinging and they hit on a big play. It yeah. doesn't always go for a touchdown, but no. they'll hit on a big play right. Right. early. Yeah. So the defense needs to be ready for that. They need to be ready for the athleticism. These these players are very electric when they have time. Um, so if you disrupt uh, the, the quarterback tandem, you should be okay. They have a big imposing line, but they don't move very well. Uh, and they're still gelling. Uh, it is a young team. I don't think they have too many senior starters. 
but this uh, this shouldn't be a difficult task uh, if you play your game. But Again, that's the problem. Right. St- st- getting out of uh, l- looking ahead or overlooking right. the team. Right. Like we said, like every game is big right now. Like every single one. Um, if you slip up, that's that's huge. You have to handle your business this week. Nothing else really matters this week. Um, we saw, like we said, it was a little slow to start against Penn Manor. Not to be unexpected. Not that that makes it okay. But, like, you know, you kind of feel it coming, I guess. Um, also, with the, the drawn-out and different, like, pregame, you know, because they did... Um, they had the senior night stuff starting roughly half hour before they would normally start warm-up. Like, there was just all kinds of things going on that were just different this week. Um, so, to go back on the road, last time you went on the road, you were successful do it again, you know, kind of go in there with that mission, with that purpose, understand that. Yeah. Like they've got, you know, some guys over there where if I don't do what I'm supposed to do, next thing you know, I might be chasing him down the sideline as he runs by me, you know? So you got to be ready. If you do what you're supposed to do, the team should be fine. Um, and that's, like I said, there's no one, obviously that like, that's the expectation, but the expectation doesn't, necessarily make it happen you have to go make it happen so um hopefully they're able to get in that mindset um you know and make the improvements and handle their business again this coming week similarly to what we did a couple nights ago much like wilson they have a really strong kicker punter uh and sam hershey uh one of the big bright spots with mccaskey is uh is him he's getting uh, recruited uh and also, I remember this name from last year, defensive back Jasir Williams is a mm-hmm. big-time playmaker in the defensive backfield, someone that uh, quarterback Caleb Brown is going to be one aware of where he is and who he's covering. Um, see someone that can definitely make a play for the Red Tornado. So we will be traveling to Lancaster for this game. Uh, it's a little bit uh, of an interesting situation. Uh, as of the last time we knew, uh, Wilson had been told that we could only bring 65 people into the stadium, which should, you know, make everyone think, hmm, that doesn't sound right. But yeah, that's because there's 74 players alone on the roster, not counting, I believe, 12 coaches, at least two to three film people. Oh, not to mention about 12 athletic trainers and, and equipment managers. Um, yeah, so it's quite the number number crunch um and generally usually your uh your bus and truck drivers get to come in and, and watch the game while they wait for you so wilson's traveling party is usually up around 105 it, the team is being limited to 65 inside the stadium and that is all obviously related to what is going on uh right now now supposedly there is going to be new guidance released this week in terms of uh spectators and numbers at high school athletic events Hopefully they'll adopt some kind of uh, capacity percentage, much like they do with restaurants, that will allow those restrictions to be eased, and that the full teams for both teams, because McCaskey was limiting themselves to sixty-five as well, not to get that, you know, right, make sure right. that everyone knows this wasn't going to be. They have, you know, they have the ability to have right. their hundred there. No, it's right. not true. Both teams were going to just do sixty-five and sixty-five. The, the rest, I'm, I don't know where the rest right. was going. Again, That's this what is, was happening. We are telling you what it is. We weren't deciding that. Right. <laughs> um, but if that capacity plan comes out 
you know, and they do 20, 25, 30%, whatever it ends up being, that should ease things a bit to allow more personnel, especially, you know, the kids and coaches that are working all week long to actually be there on the sideline with each other and the ability to play when necessary uh, and not have to shuttle in between the stadium and outside the stadium. But, you know, everyone's been making do for the last seven months. Why should this be any different? Hey, modern, like like you said, uh, modern, <laughs> modern solutions modern, to modern problems. Exactly. Right? That's where we're um, at. So. so, yeah, hopefully, like you said, hopefully there are developments that kind of ease the complication. Or simple, I guess, instead of ease the complication, I should say simplify. That simplify the situation a little bit. I'm not going to bank on that, you know, just, just because of just the way everything has kind of gone in in that department. Um, however, like I, I know Wilson will be on top of it and have that figured out, uh, you know, they'll be ready to roll no matter what. But again, can't let those things, if you're the team, you can't let that distract you from what you're going there to do. You're going there to handle your business and, and come back with the win. And, and hopefully they'll be able to do that. I'm confident they'll be able to do that. Now, I'm trying to um, pull this out of the back of my mind, uh, this stat, but I I believe McCaskey hasn't beaten Wilson since, I want to say 2004. It might even be 2003. It, maybe it's 2003. Yeah, that 2002 um, season through 2006 season. I don't know, 2005 season, I guess. So, two, three, four, five. Yeah, those seasons are the I ones... Mean, that I don't necessarily well, know. A I know very on. well about 2002, 2002 season. <laughs> I know about, but the three, four, fives I don't know a ton about because that's while I was away. Yeah, I know. I know 2003 Wilson lost three games, and I think one of them was to McCaskey. I think that that was part of the back-to-back stat that I had last week, where Wilson hasn't mm-hmm. lost back-to-back games since 2003, and I believe that was to Hemfield and McCaskey. So right. I and think that was the last time Wilson may have Again, lost this is one of those things where we always we sound like the old guys here when we're just like back in our day, but like, man, McCaskey, you know, was when well, look at it when we were in school, division one quarterback, like power five quarterback, you yeah. know. Um, man, you look at at LL section one, my junior year had three power five quarterbacks in it. Yeah, it's Syracuse quarterback, Purdue quarterback, Michigan quarterback, mm-hmm. all in section one of section the LL. One LL. Yep, insane. Yeah, so uh, the team did go undefeated in section play in 04. So the last time McCaskey beat Wilson was in two thousand and three. Yes, so they lost. Oh, that's the that's the breaking of the tape game <laughs> related to that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, McCaskey beat Wilson uh, at, in Lancaster, thirty-one to fourteen, and then Wilson went to Hempfield the next week and lost twenty-seven twenty-four. That's the last time Wilson lost back-to-back games. Uh, September twenty-six, two thousand three. October third, two thousand three. So actually, seventeen years ago, yesterday was the last time Wilson lost back-to-back games, and uh, last time Wilson lost to McCaskey, September twenty-six, two thousand three. So you know, over seventeen years since McCaskey has beaten Wilson. And we play them every year. Yep. So we're on quite the winning streak at the moment. Let's keep it rolling. But you're right. For those years when, when you and I were in high school, it, the, the two tough teams were Cedar Crest and McCaskey. Those right. are the two big ones. And and Redding. Oh, and Redding. Right. Well, I'm <laughs> right. Talk, see, right. I'm thinking, no, no, I, mean, I, know. I know they are LL. They right. were LL right. just like Mifflin. But, but like, like 
in terms of Lancaster Lebanon yes, teams, not, yes. not the Burks teams. Yeah. The two big Lancaster Lebanon teams were Cedarcrest and yeah. McCaskey. Now, McCaskey was historically pretty good in the 80s and 90s, yes. so that wasn't much of a surprise. So Cedarcrest, that actually was like the best teams that they've ever had. Yes. There was another one, I think, in the mid, just a few years earlier, like 96, 97, somewhere in there. Um, we beat them and then actually upset us in the playoffs uh, a couple where, weeks later. That's where Frank Reich went to school. It is, and uh, Anton Fernsler. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, McCaskey, just uh, since, um, Probably. since those teams uh, graduated in the struggle. early 2000s, they really have struggled. So, um, I mean, for our sake, hopefully that doesn't change this week. I'm telling you, two weeks, they can turn around. That's yeah, they fine. Can try. <laughs> they can go on a winning streak two weeks from now. Yeah. But not this Friday. Not this Friday. This Friday is all about the Bulldogs. So stay tuned to our social media pages for information on the game, how it's going to be streamed, where you can watch it. It will be available. And as we get clarification on that information, we will let you know. Uh, before we wrap up, let's uh, take a moment to listen to uh, an advertisement from Small Player Big Play. Using Small Player Big Play app, the all sports social media app for young athletes. Live stream events for your friends and family who can't be there. At home or at work, they can watch your streaming on their phones or on TV by using a mirroring device or AirPlay 2. Download the app from the App Store or Google Play and create an account using a valid email address. That's it. Now you can find friends, join groups, or make new ones. You can upload and watch your own content for free. Watch YouTube uploads for free. Even more streaming options are available with our subscription plans and in-app purchases. Download the app and start sharing with the world your passion for sports today. All right, so once again, we want to thank Maze Sandwich Shop and Small Player Big Play for sponsoring the show. And if you're interested in sponsoring us as well, you can uh, send us an email, uh, show at bulldoghour.com or joe at bulldoghour.com or just w visit the website bulldoghour.com. All right, Justin, anything else to say to close out the show? No, just, um, you know, we saw, um, you know, there were some improvements, you know, each week. We need to keep that going, um, you know, because while winning the games against Penn Manor, for example, are help you get to your goal. That's not like the end goal. You know what I mean? So um, can't be satisfied with that. Need to keep working and uh, be better this week, you know, and then the week after that. So yeah. this is a chance to go like clean some things up and show that you're getting better. And the way to do that is to show up and handle your business from the start. If the team gets better each week, which is always the goal, and they stay focused and grounded you know, one week at a time, which they always say the coach speak runs rampant, but it's true. It's a right. cliche. It's a stereotype because it's true. You have to take it one week at a time. So right now you focus on McCaskey. You don't start thinking about Cedar Crest until Friday night at 10 o'clock. Right. So take care of things in Lancaster this Friday, return home for two weeks to, at Gursky and possibly, um, clinch an undefeated run in section one play in this abbreviated season and win your first outright title since 2016. Yeah. So let's hope that's where we're at, but I think that's it. So thanks for tuning in to episode six dash nine of the bulldog hour. We will back, be
be back for the 10th episode of our sixth season next Sunday night, October 11th. We hope you'll join us. But until then, remember, Go Go Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.